Rabbi Yahweh, grace me yet with another breath this day, Father God, to share your truth, your knowledge, your wisdom, this platform you provided for me. You told me that this is a good way to share the gospel. When I asked you, Father God, you gave this to me, this knowledge of this thing here. And Father, I believe that it was no accident whatsoever that the name of this platform is Anchor. You, Father, are my good, good Father. And though we are tossed about in this darkened sea, in this broken place, Father God, my anchor, Jesus Christ, your only begotten Son, came for me, died for me, came to save me, redeem me, Father God. As was done with anyone that has an ear, let them hear, spiritual sight to see what you show and display, Father God, and hunger. The hunger. Abba Yahweh Aman. Yeshua Aman. Barakritos Aman. What's this guy talking about, some would say? Okay, so we're going to revisit what I was sharing a little bit. <coughs> Pardon me. He just finally getting to this old man a little bit, I think. But it's okay. And you know, I got to profoundly be one of the most blessed men. Pardon me a moment. <coughs> Sorry about that. That my Lord, my God, first of all, has taken me through what he has taken me through. And I have lit on this point in time. It has blessed me. I have so many people that compliment me and, and tell me the things I say, that's because God's blessed me with this. He's blessed me with being a grandfather. And if my oldest grandson doesn't slow down a little bit, uh, I really don't know what he's doing, but he, he's got somebody in his life and he's old enough to become a parent. Makes me a great-grandfather. Wow. God blesses us. And when he sees that we honestly seek him, he will come and sup with me, us, and those that do this. In my reading, uh, one of my teachers was sharing this word. It was very interesting. And I know, I... Honestly, I, I am probably like hundreds upon hundreds of thousands of people that have looked at this and not noticed it before. But a gentleman by the name of Hunt, William Hunt, he painted 
this um, what later became a famous painting called Light of the World. It's a um, a depicted portrait of the Lord Jesus, and he is standing at a doorway in a darkened evening, and he's standing at the door, and with one hand he's appears to have knocked or is getting ready to knock, and in the other hand he is carrying a lantern, and. The interesting thing, as I was saying, for literally thousands of individuals that may have not noticed before, that door has no latch. And your eyes open wide and kind of scratch your head and you say, well, what has that got to do with anything? It has everything to do with everything. There's no latch on the doorway on the outside because then Jesus could just reach out, knock a couple polite times, trip the latch, and walk in. But on this particular door, the only one that can open the door without a miraculous burst of the doorway, which Jesus wouldn't do because he's a very compassionate, kind, and respectful person, but he's knocking on the door. The only one that can open that door is the person that is standing on the inside, he or she. They're the only one that can open the doorway and allow Jesus to come in. And I didn't notice that before. But that's actually quite key and of great import. And one might open their eyes wide, scratch your head again, saying, what is this old guy talking about? Has he allowed the heat to affect his thinking by staying out and working in this heat so much? No. Nay, nay, I say. So, if you turn with me to the book of Revelation, I'm already there. Sorry, I took a head start. And you go to Revelation chapter 3. This is important because Jesus came and visited John on the island of Patmos. And in many translations, I've shared this with you before, in many translations you will see in this particular Instance, this is the revelation of St. John the Divine. St. John the, the Beloved, St. John the Divine, Saint, you know, these are mammon titles, but John is special to Jesus. And in many more translations, at the heading it says the revelation of Jesus Christ, which is you read through the Bible, you read through the Bible, remember, front to back, back to front. Rule of faith. Read from the first cover to the back cover, back cover to the first cover. Rule of faith. Everything's interwoven. 
After all, it's God's word. Of course he's going to have it. I shared this with you before, that God is a fine tailor. And he is such a fine tailor. And he does such divine workmanship on everything he does. There are no puckers in the cloth. Machine work is such that it keeps the material pulled and stretched. And you don't see seams. And this is why people really have some nice stuff. But when a hand-tailored suit, shirt, item of clothing, and I've had a few. When I was overseas, I took an opportunity. And the workmanship is so intricate. You do not find a pucker. God never puckers what he's putting together. Some again, here come the wide eyes and scratch on their heads. What is this old guy talking about? What has he allowed his brain to bake? No. Puckering is when you stitch something together and along that sewn seam where it's put together with another piece of material and if it puckers, (coughs) pardon me, that's when the thread is pulled too tight and the pucker is a little, uh, some people call them dimples. It's where a shadow will catch when the light shows on there or sometimes there's no shadow, but you can see it. And then you can follow the line and you might find another one, another one. And pretty soon when you look along that seam, you'll find that there's actually a number of those and the seam becomes readily visible. When God stitches something together, there is no pucker. And you don't see the pull. And you don't see the dimple and the ripples in the material because there are none. How does that tie in with the Bible? It does if you pay attention to what I'm saying. If you have an ear, hear me. Hear this word. This word is the truth and knowledge and wisdom of the Lord God Almighty, not some babbling old man that got heat exhaustion, close heat stroke. It's not my word. It's God's word. He likes what I say because he lets me keep doing it. So, saying that to say this, as I've shared with you before, is that Jesus is found in the Old Testament, all the way to the back cover of the New Testament, and you go back through again. And brothers and sisters, you will miss some things when you go through. But when you go back through, this is why the rule of faith is so important. Front to back, back to front, front to back, back to front. Do it. Stay in his word. Seek his truth. Seek his knowledge, seek his wisdom. And you will not always see the inner stitching, but it will be illuminated because the Holy Spirit guides your direction. And sometimes you will go through and you will see a verse, you'll see a phrase, 
and you don't recognize it right away. And then when you go back, all of a sudden, it's as if it has been illuminated with a spiritual light and, and the phrase will come right off the page. The Holy Spirit guides me this way so many times. I'll be looking for something to share with you and then all of a sudden I'll look and here's this verse over by itself and it's illuminated and, and the Holy Spirit says, share that, share that, share that. And I do because he showed it to me. Why would he show it to me if there were no reason? Now, back to the doorway. It has to be open from the inside. And I am going to, uh, I'm going to share some of these things here. If you go through chapter 3 in the book of Revelation, Jesus Christ has come to John. And he's having John. He gives John a vision. And he speaks with John. He shares with John. And he's having John send out these letters to all the churches. The seven churches. So we actually have to... Uh, course it starts in Revelation 1 but in 3 was the one in particular that I'm sharing with for the door chapter 1 um, very important I mean the book of Revelation and and <clears throat> these label heads that are out here they won't even go into the book of Revelation here's something very important that we have to understand and then I'll get back to the doorway again. Is that there are some people that will not even read the book of Revelation. They declare it to be too apocalyptic. Well, let me illuminate you from the brain inside out so that all of a sudden you have this, wow, I never knew that. <clears throat> the word apocalypse is not like from the move, the way Hippocrowood makes it out to be. It's not like the Terminator movie where he comes down and um, future post-apocalyptic takeover by the machinations of the world, which isn't reality anyway. Most of what they do is not not even based on reality. Um, it's not, you know, they did that movie Apocalypse Now. It's not about destruction. Everybody looks like, oh, that's too apocalyptic. That's too, that's too, na that's too doomsday. That's too doom and gloom. And I, oh, I really, it drives me and I, I have to pray about this. That those label heads that cry about the scriptures... Well, I, oh, I don't ever read that portion. That's too, that's too doom and gloom. So I, I don't, you know, I just stay over here where it's all about tweet, 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 the bluebirds of happiness and the birds and the feet and the lilies of the field and things like that. I, I don't bother with the other stuff. Well, then you're violating the commandment of God. You're violating God's tenets because God says 
to study the word to show thyself approved. And when somebody asks you a question about a specific scripture and you can't respond, <coughs> pardon me, honestly, because you don't know it because you've never read it. Remember what I shared with you? This last one. If you say that you are in his light and then you continue to walk in darkness and lies and deceit, then you're a liar. John said that. God put that in John's heart and John put it down on paper and we read it in the Bible. You got a problem with me saying that? Take it up with God because God said it first. God told John and John wrote it down and shared it with the other disciples and shared it in sermons. And I'm now telling you, if you say that you are in the light of God and you're in with him and you don't display what we're supposed to display. And I, I fell into this yesterday, by the way, so I'm not just shaking my finger, wagging my finger and saying you, 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 you. Everyone does it. Every single person falls short of that. But those that habitually stay in there are liars. There are those that will stumble, they'll trip and fall, and the Holy Spirit and God will reach out that strong, righteous right hand, pick you back up on your foot and set you on the right path. But this world is so derisive and so dark and so broken and despicable. There are individuals that are screaming out, racism and prejudice and you this and you that and pointing their finger and just, I fell into that, that Satan wanted me. I allowed the white noise interference of those individuals and I responded with my words. They weren't, they were truth. My words were truth, but they weren't his truth. They were my truth. And it, I was rattled because Here's the, I, I hate it when people try to point that out, but here's the import to that, what is most important. And in my repentance and my prayer and talking to the Holy Spirit, this, the Holy Spirit guided me, all is well, all is good. But when people start screaming, and I mean screaming this, when I'm just trying to do something in kindness, and they're screaming that out, but here's the important thing, they're just words. albeit accusatory and albeit from darkness, but they're just words. It doesn't matter. I know the truth. I really work at showing that truth, showing that out. Remember, I've shared this with you before too. <clears throat> Not to show off, but to show out because that which is within me comes from the Lord. I didn't do so well with that yesterday and I fell down. Lord knows that. And he gave me word this morning, which is, wow, so great. So the revelation of Jesus, the book of Revelation, apocalypse, comes the word apocalypto. It's a Greek word. And what it means, actually, is the unveiling or the separating of the cloth, the, the tapestry. Now, if you remember that the temples back in the time of Jesus, it was separated. There was an area in most all of them, the richest ones had this and the smaller synagogues did not so much. 
but in the richer ones, kind of like where Jesus cast out the money changers, that one would have had this. But there was a curtain where only the high priest was allowed to go in. And that was called the Holy of Holies. There were certain things that took place in there that only the high priest and those that were anointed for him could go in with him. So it was separated by the, from the rest of the congregation with a big curtain, tapestry. And he'd go in, he'd perform the sacrifices and put the special offerings in the little ditty box and so forth and so on. But no one that was <clears throat> quote unquote unclean could go in there and the high priest was it. And when Jesus was crucified, one of the things that took place in the temples all across the land when there didn't see it, but all the known churches probably had it happen. And then they all happened at the same time. They were rent from the top to the bottom and split apart. What was that telling the world and telling those who were in leadership of the churches? That there was no longer a holy of holies that was only for the high priests and the special mucky mucks of the church. And they were the only ones allowed. Nay, nay, just like Jesus told the woman in the well, soon there will come a time where you can worship God. Because one of her concerns was that they were not allowed to go in the churches and because of the issues that were going on with the Jews and the Samaritans. Cousins, for crying out loud. That well that they were at was dug by Jacob. And who was Jacob? Later he was renamed Israel by the Lord God. But because they violated one of God's tenets and, and then after that the Jews vaunted themselves in high authority and they were better than the Samaritans, Samaritans were no good so they remained in enmity. But one of the concerns with her was that because they were not allowed to go into the synagogue they had to build one of these little places for her. But Jesus told her that very soon there will come a time when you can worship God anywhere at any time. All day long, if you want to, you can do it while you're whistling and working out in the field. You can worship the Lord God because the Lord God is spirit. And if you worship God in spirit and in truth, you can do so anywhere. See, for so long in the old law, and this is what so many of these pharisaical believers and many still believe, is a separation from God. Which is part of the problem, I think, in this country is that they made this actually a law separation church of state. Can't teach about God in school. Oh, that's not church and state. You can't have a cross or you can't have a, a symbol of God on any governmental building or in and around any government area. That's not separation from church today. Well, you know what? That's exactly what's wrong in this country now. So let's go back to this. These letters that Jesus had John write and this word apocalyptic Greek work means just the, the pulling back as you will 
pulling back the curtain or the revealing. That's all that word means. It's got nothing to do with Terminator. It's got nothing to do with the final battle in Armageddon, although it speaks to that, and it speaks to many of the other prophecies. That's not what that's talking about. The book of Revelation is a revealing of Lord Jesus. Because through all things, the, the dominant character in all the words, in all the scriptures, is Jesus and God. And our completion of our tasks and our return to our home. I've shared it with you before. This is not my home and Billy Graham said, this is not my home. I'm just passing through. This is not my home. My home is in heaven. I am an heir and a joint heir with Jesus Christ because once you have accepted that Jesus is the only begotten son of God and that he came to sacrifice himself for you because when he came, you can ask, what were you thinking? His response is, you. I was thinking about you. And each and every single one of us can make that our mantra or our personal message to us. He was. And it's the truth, just like I share with you. He walks with me and talks with me and tells me that I am his own. And he can do that with anybody. And he's not lying. Because he is so profoundly vast amounts of love and blessings, mercy and grace. He's not lying. He can't lie. He doesn't lie. And he won't lie. I won't lie to you. The truth of the Lord is in me. And that revelation, I tell you and give to you in the name of Jesus my Lord Christ, who came for me, died for me. And just like the in Revelation, Revelation chapter 3, and in all these churches, he lists all these churches He writes to these, and, and when he's talking about the angel at church, remember I shared this with you before, that, that uh, the pastor of the church or the elder of the church, the leader of the church, the one who, who preaches and teaches most predominantly on the Sabbath when they come, is called the angel, the shepherd, the prophet. There are many terms for that individual, but they're talking about the pastor of the church. And John is supposed to write these letters and send them to the seven churches, seven predominant churches of the known world at that time. And in saying this to each and every single one of the churches, and every single one, and the seven churches of the known world, is sharing, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. In the beginning 
And at the end, when John finishes directing his message to each church, in the beginning of it, he talks and having an ear. What is he talking about? Well, of course I can, I can hear you, but are you listening? You have listening and you have hearing. And you can hear a noise, you can hear a voice, but are you listening to that word? Just like it says right here, and it gets to that, that doorway. I've already shared with you that that door, looking at that, that painting, there's no latch on the outside. So that means that the only one who can respond to the Lord Jesus is a person that is residing on the inside. That doorway is not necessarily the physical entryway that you would have at your house. You could look at it that way, but he's knocking at the door of your heart. And this is the, this is not only a biblical and scriptural analogy, but you hold the key to my heart. You've heard it, it's been in, in uh, Valentine's Day cards and things like that shared in and uh, these necklaces and all these little jewelry artifacts given to uh, romantic issues of men and women. You hold the key to my heart. Well, why would the heart need a key? Because you have to open up the door of the heart and let the love in. And in this painting and in the, in the writing of this, it's very important. Revelation 3.20 other words that he wrote in here and are we we are much like many of these churches and you have the church of Laodicea <coughs> pardon me <coughs> apologies and unto the angel of the church of Laodiceans, write these things, saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. What does that mean? Saith the Amen. What does that word mean? Many people say that at the end of their prayer. They say, oh, in Jesus' name, Amen. Or just Amen. And prayers. So we have a couple things going on here. Says the amen. Yes. The word amen means so be it. Jesus, just like God said, I am sent you. Responding to who should I say sent me? I am sent you. I am because I am that I am. And I have been from the beginning of the creation. Jesus Christ is the so be it. From creation, was with God in the beginning. And the word was with God. And the word was from God. And the word was God. And the word became flesh. This is why Jesus came down, stood before the pharisaical, arrogant individuals, the Sanhedrin, and he told them, you wouldn't know the truth because though you declare yourselves masters of the word, 
you don't even see the truth or recognize the truth when it stands right in front of you. And what did they do? If they had been in the word, if they had been reading the words of the prophets and the prophecies, they would know that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the very one that they have prayed for decades and many a lifetimes to come. They didn't even recognize him as that. And sadly, brothers and sisters, there are many of the deeply orthodox Jews that believe that the Messiah has still not yet come. And they still pray, but what they don't know and what they don't realize is that they're praying for his second coming. And he is coming to take those up and take us home. That's okay. They can repent and they can see and the door will be open because here's the thing. Read further. And unto the angel of the church of Laodiceans write these things, saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that you were cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest I am rich and increase with goods and have need of nothing, And knowest not that thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. And anoint thine eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see. As many as I love I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. I'm going to go ahead and finish it. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I overcame and am set with my father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Neither hot nor cold. Have any of you had... Many of you made iced tea or you had hot tea and perhaps before putting it in the refrigerator to cool off and you drank warm tea. It's got a nice flavor when it's warm and soothing. And then you put it in the refrigerator and then you have iced tea and that's pretty good. Quenching when it's hot. But Jesus is telling this church up here, he says, you're neither one. You're neither hot nor cold. You're claiming to be one, and yet you're not. 
I would rather you be either hot or cold. Make up your mind. Either you are or you aren't. You're either with me or not. You either share the truth or you don't. Be honest. Be truthful. I'll spew you out. I'm going to spew you out like a so much foul beverage that just is, it's disgusting to me. Well, how about it? Are you going to be truthful and honest? Or are you going to continue walking around as a label head and saying, yeah, I'm a Christian, I'm saved. But then you treat your neighbors like crap. You gossip monger. You name drop like crazy. Oh my God, when you want to talk something negative, you can't wait to mention a name. And you have those label heads that walk around the church that do that. They drive derision. They drive separation. They drive separation of truth. They walk not in the light of the Lord, which is meant that we walk together with him in that because he is the light of the world. And he came for us to be in the light of the world and be with him and take us out of the darkness because the darkness is confused. The darkness cannot stand against the light. And yet there are those that will do so. They are liars. And I will tell you to your face. See, I don't just need to tell you here in anonymity, but if I, I have to pray over you and I have seen many in the church that are doing this very thing, but that is not my place. God, the Holy Spirit has not taken me and taken me by the collar and stood me in front of those people for me to tell them that. I have to pray over them because that is God's word. But let me tell you this as well. And I will share this with you. If the Holy Spirit tells me and guides me and says, I've had enough of this. You're truthful, you're honest, you're upright and you're bold. Continue to be that way because we're going over to talk to some people. And if he tells me to do so, I will. (laughs) Because let me tell you what. I've shared this time and time and time again. The validation of mammon matters nothing to me. As my Lord God said, and Jesus said that the Lord is a respecter of no man. I respect the validation from no one on this faith, this planet. I don't care if you like hearing what I have to say or you don't. That doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is that God does. The only thing that matters to me is God's will, his truth, his knowledge and wisdom. That's all that matters. I don't care if you say, wow, that was really good word, Pop. That was honest. Man, I really love that. Yeah, compliments are nice. People like to feel that. They like to hear that. And when people come back and they share things that I share and they appreciate it, that's nice. But it is not for my glory. That is vain glory. I don't want... It's nice to hear it, but the fact of the matter is that this is God's word, God's directing, God's decision. God made the platform happen. The birth of this podcast has nothing to do with me. I was looking how to do it. I couldn't find anything, and then God revealed it. I said, I just told him, I said, God, this is what you think is a good way for me to share your word. Make it happen. And he made it so. He brought me back to the page I was researching to find out information about this. And there was something on that page that 
wasn't there before. No, I didn't overlook it. It was not there. Period. And then I see the logo design. And I go... And it's much more than just a coincidence or as I used to call them, a coingy-dink. Much more than that. That symbol was not their period. And then it was. And the name of this platform is called Anchor. Anchor. Jesus is our anchor. Coincidence? I think not. Things don't happen that way. It either is or it isn't. We tend to put things aside or push things aside by, oh, that's such a coincidence. So you're either walking with the Holy Spirit or you're following the white noise interference of Satan and his minions and following the darkness. First John, if you say that you are in the light and you still walk in the darkness, you are a liar. Word of God. The Word of God. So it is very important. <clears throat> the other thing that I was sharing is comparative note-taking. <clears throat> Pardon me. Do not compare yourself with others, even within the church. Well, you know, I could, I could teach really well that way. I could be a good teacher. I could be a good pastor. Why doesn't he ever let me get up there? Stop it. Don't do that. God has a plan for you, and it's exactly what God's plan is for you. What does that mean? That God has it just exactly how he wants it. I shared this with you already. You're perfect for what God has intended for you. No one is better to do it because God chose that for you. There's nobody more qualified to do it because God chose you. You've got what it takes because God put you in that place. Nobody else did. It may appear that somebody else has appointed you, but God put you there for a purpose, a reason. He controls and holds everything. And this is a testimony of that very thing. This is not about me. This is a testify of God. God brought me a young man last night. Pretty powerful. I was at one of my transfer stations and he was trying to get help and directions. And we were cutting up and joking a little bit because I had what's called a, a time point. I can't leave there before a certain time. So we had allowance. And he showed up because there was no other driver around and I was the only other I was the only operator that he saw and came asked me questions I responded and you know we were cutting up and I was sharing God's word and he says wow you know this is great I needed this said I was been down all day I said, well, good. That's a good thing. And then I said, why have you been down? He goes, I lost my firstborn. And I was like, wow. And then I had to pull him in and hug him. I said, come on in here. Come here. I got to share this with you. And I gave him a hug. 
And then as we were closer, I started asking a little more pertinent questions. His firstborn child lasted 45 minutes and then left this plane of existence. And I just looked at him and I said, you know that he is well and that God took this child and we won't know why. It's beyond our understanding to comprehend. <clears throat> but there is a purpose that this child was taken. I said, you do realize that children, I don't know what your faith is or where you stand in the, in the Bible and all. I said, but you know that children are God's faith. And he goes, you know, the pastor was telling me that same thing. And I said, then he was talking to you about when Jesus rebuked his disciples. And he says, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he became excited. He became excited by the word of God. His disparity for the loss of his firstborn child. 45 minutes. He was excited. Why was he excited? Because I reminded him that based on his faith and his belief, his turning, repentance, he said, he could, I, you can assure that you will see your child. God brought him to me and he expressed that. He goes, man, I was supposed to meet you. Many times I will have those that come and they share that very thing and they say it that very same way. I was supposed to meet you here right now. I go, yes, yes. So, I don't think I shared this with you, but I have a lost child. This was many, many years ago, way before I was walking with the Lord, way before that, I was concentrating on physicality and that walk of mammon. And uh, I didn't even know it, which broke my heart. But back in those days, it wasn't a required knowledgeable thing. But my high school sweetheart um, got pregnant, my child. I didn't know it. And I didn't know that she had obtained an abortion. See, in those days, I had these fools that would do that sort of thing because their education was more important and all these things and and it was a rescue. <laughs> I love the way that people try to make it okay for their decision to kill that life. And incidentally, part of the reason that that other was overturned was because back in the day, many don't know this and that's okay. Um, they don't realize that it was they that those that that didn't want abortions to be available unless they were specifically ordered by a doctor, somebody cared, but they made it regularly available and then the abortion clinics started popping up everywhere. 
And what many folks don't realize is that the cropping up of the clinics and all these things was a matter of eugenics. Again, the prince of darkness, the prince of the world, and the minions of Satan that work for him and follow him did these things. But those that opposed (coughs) were not able to prove to the courts that life was a matter of a short time after conception between a man and a woman. Now, however, it has been clinically, scientifically, medically proven that the organs begin to develop and the heart begins to beat. And it is life. At the point of conception, the heart immediately starts to develop. And then the other organs come in and start to develop. And remember this, that lest you become as a child, you shall not see the kingdom of heaven. What do those words mean? The children, as many misspeak, and they don't completely understand. Children are born in sin. We're all born in sin. Nay, 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 that's not what the scripture says at all. And there's a difference in the way it's said. And when the word speaks of children and birth is that they are born into sin, not in sin. There's a profound difference. You have to have an understanding of linguistics. And I'm about to share that with you because I speak the truth. There's a difference between being born in sin, which means that that is, in fact, you, is what you are. But into means that we are come into a place that sin is around. Children are born without guile. They will speak the truth. They will speak their heart's truth. All they seek is the truth from the beginning that's placed in us from the womb. They are taught guile from older children Adults and sadly from their own parents. They teach them. Misdirection. I see this stuff. When I see these foolish, alleged adults driving on the roadways around and watching them go through traffic, and they have children of that are soon going to be of that age to drive on, and they are driving recklessly. They run stop signs, run red lights, and zigzagging in and out of traffic at a high rate of speed much faster than what they're supposed to be doing. What is that parent or guardian or whoever they are, what are they teaching that child? They're teaching them it's okay to put others in jeopardy, to be derisive, to go your own way, and that everything is all about you. Well, it's not all about me. 
And Jesus told us, I came to serve, not to be served. What does that mean? It's not all about his human existence, walking around and pushing people out of the way and practicing Phariseeism. He came and he practiced compassion, kindness, loved everyone. And what was the last thing that Jesus said before he gave up the ghost? The Holy Spirit that was within him on the cross. One of the last things, he had several statements that he made. He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. They crucified him and yet he asked God to forgive them. They didn't, they didn't understand. Just like when he spoke to them physically when he was at the Sanhedrin. They tried to, they tried to verbally crucify him, but they couldn't, they couldn't even stay in the sword fight because he kept reaching and grabbing things from the Lagos, the armory, and he kept pulling out Hrema, sword of truth. <laughs> they couldn't hang, brothers and sisters. They couldn't hang with that. He was good. Why was he good? Because he learned from his father. How did he do that? Because he was with his father all the time. The word was with God and the word was God and the word became flesh. And Jesus spoke parabolically. Where did he learn that? He learned that from God. Go back to the Old Testament and you'll see that. God spoke parabolically. Jesus is the way, the truth, the light, and life. We can worship our Father in heaven, wherever, whenever. It does not require prayer posture. There are times and places for that. But while you're driving down the road and things are wintry or people are silly, you can be in prayer and you don't have to close your eyes. You don't have to pull over to the side of the road and get on your knees on the side of the car, on the safe side of the car, and start praying. Don't have to do that. That place, is, as Jesus told us, is in your private space, in your quiet space, at home. Then you can obtain a prayer posture. You can be prayerful to God in that way. But while you're out and about moving about, you stay in prayer constantly, continually. Paul writes that. It's possible to do. And I do. I practice that. Brothers and sisters, I call you. I call you to share and be adopted into the family of Lord God, that you become a spiritual brother and sister, and that you become an adopted heir and joint heir with Jesus Christ in the kingdom of heaven, and that when the time comes that you will reside there. And as Jesus said, I knock on the door. Open and let me come in. If you do that, Pardon me, I will come in and I will sup with you. What does that mean? He's going to come in. He's going to stay with you. He's going to enjoy your company. He's going to talk with you. You're going to 
maybe have a little bit to eat. But the main thing is that he's going to stay with you. He knocks on the door. All you have to do is open it. That door doesn't have a latch on the outside. Remember this, that God made us with free will choice. Are you going to open that door to the Lord Jesus, the light of the world, the life, the word, the truth, your Savior and Redeemer? Are you going to open that door? only has a latch on the inside. Well, if he wants in, he can let himself in. No, it doesn't work that way. You have to want him with you in your heart. And he's knocking. Just open the door. 